0: Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. Today is October 10th, 2018. And my guest on the show is Joe Cullen, director of business development for HyperBridge. Joe is a former VP of operations at FS Media and has led a $15 million Series A for technology startup and has over 10 years of business development experience and is a former consultant at Deloitte. Hyperbridge is a software development firm based in Estonia, and uh, they're currently working on developing Hub, which is a, an adaptive digital platform for content deployment And so we're happy to have him on the show today to discuss what he's working on. So, welcome to the show. Thank you, Angelo. Thank you for having me. So, let's get into uh, Block Hub and talk about that. But first, why don't we talk a little bit about Hyperbridge and Mm -hmm. uh, what the background is of the firm and uh, the work that you guys have done in the past and, and the team. So can you give us a little
1: Um, intro? Yeah, for sure. As I spoke to you kind of, I suppose, off air, I moved to Vancouver three years ago. um, And I suppose at that time, I had um, just started to to kind of, I suppose, to investigate blockchain. And I started to kind of, I suppose, get very interested. Ethereum was really taking off at that time and and friends of mine had bought Bitcoin. As you said, I I had been working for Deloitte in London. I wasn't necessarily from a, a development background. But I started to go to meetups here in Vancouver, you know, Ethereum meetups, Decentral meetup. Um, and I started just to, I suppose, get immersed in the in the scene here. And I met my co-founders, Eric Muser, who is a 20 years experience as a developer. He's now obviously a Solidity developer now. He's our director of technology. And Timothy Co., Um at these meetups. And they were, I suppose, so it's been about three years that we're involved. So that kind of makes us nearly veterans of this space. But we started to look into ways that besides just investing and trading and and things like that how we could make something that was long lasting and we were all gamers my two co-founders more than i am but we're all gamers and we started to look for real use cases where we th- we thought that decentralization or the, or the technology could actually be used and you know we we kind of came up with i suppose hyperbridge that there was there's a lot of You know, you spoke about Blocko, which is our first product, but Hyperbridge has. You know, we're going to we're building decentralized protocols, and which have real use cases and solve real, real life problems, not just kind of, I suppose, problems that are up in the air or we're not solution looking for a problem. We um, we're very confident that we will be one of the, I suppose, applications, decentralized applications that will stand the test of time.
0: Yeah, that's that's great to hear. So, tell me, what type of games do you like? Uh, what are your favorite
1: type of? My, I'm, I'm Irish. Um, my favorite type is FIFA. I, I'm I'm not really the guys here are, are big into the CCG games, and I think that, which is good for us, because kind of maybe I'm jumping the gun a bit. I'm mainly sports games, FIFA and and UFC. But Eric and Tim are big on the the CCG CC, games, like Hearthstone and. As it happens, the I'm on the call on my own at the moment because my, uh, Eric and Tim, my other two co-founders are, are in conversations right now, hopefully, I, fingers crossed, um, with a development studio based in Asia who are developing a CCG game that are going to come straight into Blockhub. So the, the platform itself, the decentralized marketplace will be populated. That is our goal prior to launch. So it's, it's, and I think CCG games such as Hearthstone and there, there, there are more are very, they're perfect to be tokenized. You know, they they're, they have already an inbuilt in economy that can be used for fungible, non-fungible tokens. So we've, we've had really good conversations with, for us. and I suppose that's something that we maybe as an organization aren't communicating as well as we should be that we really have put so much capital, both intellectual time and obviously hard currency into the development of our platform and into outreach to business development, into, into reaching out to to developers because obviously the whole crux of this, the sweet spot will be when we attract enough developers who want to come onto our platform to, to, to crowdfund, to promote, to sell, to gamify their audience. If we get the developers, the users will come. I think you know. It's. I think that's for sure. That's that's proven across a lot of marketplaces.
0: So, Block Hub is a, a child of the Hyperbridge Technologies company. Yes, and it's the first of uh, multiple decentralized protocols and and applications that Hyperbridge is going to be developing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I suppose strictly from a a real business sense, and, and from my previous point, that we wanted to stand the test of time. And we sat down with our advisors, and we've been trying to probably bite off more than we could chew. Initially, we're a, we're a relatively small startup; we're ten or eleven people, and we thought we needed to show niche viability in one area. We have built the crowdfunding protocols are completely one hundred percent built; they can be seen in GitHub. But we are looking to build decentralized economies across many spheres. But the first one was gaming, and the reason being that. I think there's a lot of synergies between the people who are hardcore gamers and the people who are into crypto. I think there's an overlap there. Maybe not, I'm not saying everybody who's a gamer is into crypto, but there's a, most people who are into crypto game as well or have games, they understand the sphere. And also strictly from a business sense, we needed to show real niche viability in one sector. So we needed to show that Angelo can go on with his game as an, he's an, you're an independent game developer. You can go on with, to your game. With your game, you can show it to the platform, to our audience, who can then crowdfund it if they so wish. You can promote it. You can gamify your audience if you like. So, bountify really. Like, you know, you can offer bounties for, for, for whether it's a bug bounty, whether it's for character development. And obviously, you can distribute it, you can sell it. That's what Block Hub will be. But those crowdfunding protocols will be used across filming or independent film. They could be used across charity. they could be used across online publishing. You know anything mm-hmm. that Kickstarter crowdfunds at the moment mm-hmm. and Kickstarter takes between eight and eleven percent that's the price friction. They also take the time friction of that ninety day campaign. you know it's a lot I've run a Kickstarter campaign they're they're quite arduous, whereas so it was anything that can be funded on Kickstarter will eventually. Hyperbridge will eventually look to to target those markets. But right now, gaming is obviously a huge market and there was a lot of synergies and we wanted to laser focus on one market initially.
0: Yeah. So Steam is what is known as currently the largest player in this area, but you guys aren't just a publishing platform and a platform where people can purchase games, but also a crowdfunding platform, which isn't part of Steam's feature set. So Steam has around 4,200 titles that are released mm-hmm. on their platform that were released on their platform in the past couple years. So it's the major platform where games are released. And tell me a little bit about in your research, what the shortcomings of Steam are and how you think... It could be improved, and w- w- what you're able to offer. I mean, you know, the crowdsourcing features and some of the other features mm-hmm. that that set it apart from platforms like Steam.
1: Obviously, you know, Steam, you know, of itself is a is a very successful business and has been has stood the test of time. There are shortcomings, and I think for a long time now, Steam not, has not um, concentrated on independent game developers our independent game studios, I think they've been kind of very much second class citizens on that platform. I think that's widely known. That's where we're particularly focused on. I've spoken about other kind of advisors of ours and other people from outside have talked about us being kind of Kickstarter with Steam. Kickstarter, an amalgamation of Kickstarter and Steam. And I suppose that's where we see ourselves. We're obviously going to have the crowdfunding where somebody can kickstart their project. We're going to allow the tokenization of assets. So we're going to allow, obviously, inbuilt economies, and we're going to allow the fungible and non-fungible tokens for certain items to create revenue streams for the developers. And um, we're also going to do, do that with licenses. We're going to allow, potentially, if developers would like it, the reselling of licenses. Now, that's uh, obviously a contentious issue with a lot of game developers, so that would be something that could be kind of switched on and switched off. So that's basic. Basically, where we're where we would consider ourselves different is that we're focusing a lot more on independent game market rather than on the AAA studios that you see in on Steam. Like Steam Greenlight was was shut down. Um, there's a lot of there's not much curation on Steam. You have to go through a lot of not very good content. A lot of content's just been reskinned. That that there are, people are stealing other people's content. We're going to be obviously it's going to be decentralized, but we're going to allow for kind of community oracles who will be able to curate content that comes in. And also we're going to allow uh, developers to gamify their customers, which I think is a massive deal If people who get so invested in games. If you can, from the very inception, if you can crowd, if you can fund a game, you can promote that game, you can make that game better by bug you know, bounties, or you can have a say in the development of a character through the gamifying of that, of a, token of a character, um, I think it just makes for, I suppose, a more kind of an amazing experience for for a gamer, a more vicarious experience for a gamer really, where they're, they're severely not only invested with money, but they're invested with time, with emotion, with and these are things that developers are looking for. So that's, I think, a big difference between us and Steam is that we're going to be a lot more bespoke. We, we've already created our partner development plan, so we're gonna be attract we're already attracting developers in and we're gonna be smaller, nimble, we're gonna be able to be that bit more yeah, bespoke. And we're gonna be able to tailor our efforts to, to specific developers and to gamers also.
0: Yeah, it seems like what I hear you saying is that you're gonna foster a community around a game where people <laughs> who are fans of the game, can contribute to it and participate in the development of the game. Yeah, They can help fund it, and then they can play it, and they can do it all through the platform. A Discord is doing something. Discord is like a, a well-known uh, platform, a chat application, that is, is well-known in the gaming community for mm-hmm. users to use and stream their, their games on while they're playing and also chat with other uh, folks who they're playing with. Within the game, and uh, I think as part of like monetization program for Discord that they're developing is to make it a a platform similar to Steam, but I think more curated and uh, kind of like allowing smaller indie game developers to have pages in Discord where they can sell to their the players directly while while they're in the community on Discord chatting with other players. So I think the like that sounds like a pretty interesting partnership the opportunity between Hyperbridge or Discord uh, since there's a lot of overlap in uh, the audience and yeah uh, for
1: sure I think I you we're going to see a massive step away from I don't I don't even like saying the buzzword of decentralization and, and the kind of anti buzzword of centralization but of big Bahamut organizations that have all this power because the real thing is like one of our taglines is that we want to empower creators so people want to be or they want to have access to funding, they want to have access to users, they want to have companies like Steam, while well, they do do serve uh, obviously a massive purpose, there are people that are being left behind and some of, and when I say people I mean development studios and developers an independent game studio can be anyone from one person in his basement to 20 to 25 and upwards of that as well that we hope to do and some of these are being left behind um, because the marketing budgets of the AAA studios and Steam are upwards of $50 million. You know, they cannot fail with that marketing budget. It would It would take something spectacular for you to fail if you had that amount of a marketing budget. So you just want to even out the playing field a bit. There's a lot of people who are really interested in independent games who get a lot more fun, who get a lot more utility from playing independent games. Um, I think if they can be packaged in the right way, I think there's a massive opportunity. Yeah, and something like Discord, I must look into that. I must say, I I I know Discord as a as a messaging channel. I did not know that, so I will look into that after our call. But it's you know, it's exciting times for. I think Kickstarter was the first type of. 1.0 1.0 of this, then Kickstarter itself just takes too much money. Like Realistically, it takes too much money from the from the creator, from the person who's trying to kickstart their project. And this is the next kind of, I suppose, wave. And I think it's a really, like, crowdfunding is an, an, an immense use case for blockchain technology.
0: So what is the cost on Kickstarter in your experience Between
1: 8 and 11%, and that's taking into consideration Stripe or PayPal. Stripe, I believe it is. So it can between anything 8 and 11% of your raise, which is obviously pretty big if you're only looking to raise maybe $5,000. You know, you've lost five hundred of your five thousand dollars. And games themselves, and I can always throw out this statistic. My team are, are sick of me saying it, but game development is is the third most highest funded vertical on Kickstarter. So you know, you have any, anything from a thousand dollars upwards of a million dollars. Have games have been funded? Fifteen thousand games have been funded on Kickstarter. So the market is there. It's about, and those people are willing to. Spend eight to eleven percent. So, you know, it's about where our price is going to be two percent. It's going to be there's going to be fees which will be paid in our in our HBS, which is our token. But it will be two percent. It will also be a lot easier. And of course, you you just spoke about previously, and I don't want to repeat what you said, but a developer is is gaining funds from the people who are going to be buying their games. It's like you you go straight from being crowdfunded on Block Hub to being put into the marketplace. Now, you don't have to be crowdfunded. We're you know, we're, we're we're speaking to developers who will go straight into BlockUp. They don't need crowdfunding. They just want access to maybe to, to the marketplace, to a new revenue stream, to the tokenization of assets.
0: So how do users purchase the games through the marketplace? Can they just use uh, only cryptocurrency, only fiat, a mixture of both? Uh, certain tokens only where you accept all tokens uh, how do you, How will games be purchased and paid for and, and, and how will transactions be made on the platform the,
1: the transactions will be in any ERC20 token but all fees will be done through HBX. Um, we are looking into fiat and it, it is in our roadmap map in the not too distant future but to have kind of on ramps and off ramps comes with um, legal issues so you know we're kind of I suppose in discussions with our legal team about that there, things are in place, but um it just yeah it's you know as you know yourself this you know you don't want to retrospectively be kind of maybe hit with a fine or even worse have your doors closed so you just want to make sure everything is is correct from a legal standpoint so at the moment it will be everything will be heavily incentivized to use HBX the mm. prices will be cheaper if you use HBX that's. Both on the developer side and on the user side um, but all fees will be paid will have to be paid in HBX gas and things like that will have to be paid in HBX uh,
0: How about the rest of the team So you have yourself as the director of business development and you have uh, Eric Timothy uh, Walid. Tell me a little bit about how you guys uh, you met up at you mentioned previously that you met up at a, a meetup group in the in Vancouver. Yeah, and decided to just uh, launch it. And, and are you guys all working on full time now?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely, and have been for since it's. I think it's nearly our year anniversary for Hyperbridge. I would have to look again, maybe even a bit longer. So that's how myself and Tim had a previous business relationship. Uh, you, you mentioned one of the the companies, the tech companies that I dealt with here. That was in that was it was a Toronto-based company. But so myself and Timothy knew each other. I knew that he was interested in cryptocurrency. So we started to go to meetups together, to conferences, and I met Eric. And Eric, I suppose, on a strictly personal level, we met each other. We just got on. Personally. Then we started to look at I suppose talk about different things that were missing we thought in the in the market. And we had I suppose this idea regarding it was initially about Hyperbridge wasn't exactly focused on what it is now, but crowdfunding was always a part of it. And we just started to expand the team to Eric knew to people like Walid and Lucas, the These were tech guys that Eric knew and, you know, they were very highly sought after. It wasn't easy to to attract these people. And then from the business standpoint, a lot of the people I know are are advisors on the team. So you're looking at somebody like John King Burns, who has decades of experience in corporate uh, finance and corporate structuring worldwide. Rob Dawson, who uh, who was one of the head of marketing for LEGO in Denmark, and we have we have a, a local advisor here in in Vancouver, Dr. Peter Chow White, who's the head of communications at uh, Simon Fraser University. We really, to be honest, you look at some of the and you know this space, some of the less reputable companies that have been uber successful and haven't done much afterwards. I really do believe it will be. We have done everything in our, po- in, in our, I suppose, in our power to do things correctly. We've taken a good, strong advisors in, in the different areas where we were weak. Um, we've taken their advice. We have, I suppose, you know, you've talked about kind of, there is no technical CEO. That is mainly because on strategic decisions, we all, we have all agree by and large. We've all agree or we come to agreement pretty quickly on the, the smaller tactical decisions. Eric takes technical, the technology decisions, that's obvious, you know, myself and Tim would be more on the business side. Um, but we've a strong team, you know, we've a strong team of 10 people who are full-time, you know, who've been working on this for a long time. We're going to have a fully functioning beta by the time we release, or by the time we have our public, public token sale. Um So it's... We're way ahead. We're in the top couple of percentile, and I have invested in, in public token sales myself, and I know that, that we are.
0: And you have Lucas, who's responsible for doing all the UI and the graphics yeah. and the user interface?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I can send you over some things afterwards. That's, there's already the front end and the back end are, are already more or less bridged. Like the, Our graphics are, we often say to each other how lucky we are to have Lucas. Lucas is an uh, extremely talented guy, and yeah, he's done st- sterling work on uh, all our UI and UX. And I think that's another thing that's been missing from this space. Obviously, everybody talks about inverted commas, the killer app, and obviously this makes a lot of sense. You need to have an application that my mother will use, and she doesn't need to know that it's on, that it's a blockchain app or a decentralized application. But they also need to, to look pretty, you know, and... That's not something the space is known for. and Block Hub looks pretty. There's working uh, we have a, a working prototype. Block hub looks pretty, it's functioning. Yeah, so,
0: users can go online now to preview.blockhub.gg and take a look at the prototype.
1: Yeah. And we you know, we're going to uh, run a bounty in after our sale, just kind of I suppose a bug bounty or whether it's visual bugs or whether it's actual bug bounties, so we're going to you know, keep improving that.
0: So when when you launch, do you have publishers and developers on board who will be have you onboarded any like uh, people yet or are you guys in the process or you mentioned you're in talks with some Yeah,
1: we're feel, we and, we will we will. I can hundred percent guarantee that I don't want to obviously mention any names because we we have we've signed multiple MOUs. now, MOUs aren't exactly contract, but yes we I can one hundred percent guarantee that there will be game development studios that will be, the block hub will be populated. That users will be able to buy games, will be able to fund games if they so
0: wish. Exciting, yeah, it looks great. The design, and we're excited to see the next release. And when is that going to be for the, the live uh, release? I'm not
1: a. I am not I do not want to give a date and to not be one hundred percent correct. I would think we're more we're four weeks to the day to launch. I would think our next milestone is probably just before the end of the the token sale. We're going to have a, a fully fledged beta by the time we mint the tokens.
0: Great, and so the token sale ends on what date? I have that in front of me here. December, December the tenth. December tenth. Okay. Yeah. So a couple of months from now. Yeah.
1: So we yeah we start in one month and we have a, obviously a month a month long, and then yeah December the tenth is. Today, where you, you know we hope it will all have been worthwhile. I'm confident that it will have been.
0: Yeah, I wish you guys all the best luck, and excited to uh, see the final version and how the the token sale goes. And, okay, uh, use the platform when it's ready.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I let you be one of the
0: first. Uh, Joe, it was uh, great talking to you today, and I really appreciate you taking the time. And where we've, uh, I want to be mindful of your time and. This is great having you on to discuss Hyperbridge and uh, upcoming release that you guys have for Block Hub. We're looking forward to using it and uh, trying it out. And we're happy to have you back on the podcast to discuss further after the next release. And you're always welcome to come on and, and talk about it and share with us uh, the development progress you guys have been making. If you guys have announcements with new projects that are coming on, listeners can join the bounty campaign that Hyperbridge is that is currently live. On our platform, on Bounty0x, users mm-hmm. can join in and complete some tasks and earn some tokens. I highly recommend anyone listening do that if they're interested in it. So, Joe, where can our listeners learn more about HyperBridge and BlockHub and follow you guys?
1: Our website is www.hyperbridge.org. Um, all our social media channels are on that. We're pretty active across Telegram and we're... We've got community ca- managers in Telegram. If anybody has any kind of, I suppose, questions, I would say go to our Telegram for, for updates and everything would we'll be we'll be Twitter and Facebook. But we've just re- we hired a, a social media manager, so they're getting our faces on Instagram, which if you see my face, I'm, I don't have a face for, for Instagram, so it's not great for me. But we're on every single social media channel.
0: All right, and we'll include a link in the show notes below to where users can go, and we'll have a summary of uh, what we discussed in the show notes. Okay, so, it's a pleasure talking to you. Thank yeah, you, absolutely.
1: Have a good day. You too. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.